0: Hello, everybody. This is Tony Ruggiero here. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening to The Tour Coach. We're rolling through another crazy summer right now, another crazy season. There's lots of golf, lots of guys playing, lots of camps, lots of retreats, lots of travel. You know what that means? It means lots of great content coming to you. So thank you, whether you're a golf instructor, like so many folks that reach out and listen to this podcast, or you're an aspiring golfer, somebody just loves learning about the game, loves learning about how to get better. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the tour coach because we've got lots of great content coming for you. Okay. And if you like the tour coach, you're going to love pro work on YouTube. I want to remind all of you, if you haven't seen it, go to Bushnell golf on YouTube or go to at the do sweeper on my YouTube channel and listen to watch inside the ropes behind the scenes with myself, Colby Touye, Mark Hackett and a host of others and you'll see what it's like to be a player of all different abilities and watch how our team approach goes behind the scenes inside the ropes to find out exactly what the magic that your golf swing needs to pick up 10, 15, 20 yards or lower your handicap or get all the way out onto the PGA Tour. It's all there for you on Pro Work, just like it is here on the Tour Coach. So thanks for listening. We've got some great content coming. We've got some great discussions, some great roundtables, and some great guests coming your way this summer and this season here on the Tour Coach. And I couldn't do this Tour Coach without the following sponsors. They've been loyal to me. I'm loyal to them. I think it's one of the missing things in instruction and in our world, people that stick together. And I think that's why we've all had so much success. I've got to thank the folks at Bushnell Golf for their support and their sponsorship of this show, my teaching, as well as the Pro Work Series, Vineyard Vines and the folks there, unbelievable. They keep all the dew sweepers looking good, myself as good as you can, and all of the folks at our retreats, and especially Shrixon and Cleveland Golf, Chip Holcomb, Eddie Dry, and all of the folks there. I mean, we couldn't do without it. It's over 20 years I've been with Shrixon Cleveland Golf. I'm not going anywhere without that mason Prang and the folks over there in california take such good care of us they've got the best product that you can find anywhere so the special thanks to strict cleveland golf and then finally my good friend mitch mcconnell and the folks at mcconnell automotive buick gmc here in mobile and buick gmc for sponsoring the radio and everything that we've been going on for all of these years so we've got great sponsors we've got great partners and we're going to give you great content that's going to help all of you play better, enjoy the game better, or understand how to teach it and communicate it better. Sit back, get yourself a beverage, and enjoy the Tour Coach. And then when you get a chance, go check out Pro Work on my YouTube. You'll be glad you did. All right, so here we are on another Tour Coach. This is a new one here. We're calling this Rental Car Confessions, kind of like those old taxi cab confessions, although I don't think it'll be as dirty and naughty as those things were. You but uh, <laughs> but you never know. Joining me here is Morgan Hale, Morgan Hale Performance. Mo, say hi.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And Jackson Court at Jackson K Golf. Jackson.
1: How
2: we doing?
0: Uh, We're fresh from leaving uh, Hamilton Farm uh, up in New Jersey here. We're on our way in our Toyota Avis rental car heading... Uh, if Avis wants to sponsor us, we're open and available. Heading to the airport, so we got a little ride, so we thought we'd go ahead and knock out a content. We just got done doing a golf school with a group of basically nine or ten members from Hamilton Farm with Nick Bova and want to give Nick a special shout-out. We're going to have him on here soon. But uh, first and foremost, one of the great guys out there. Been fortunate enough to get to know him over the last few years. And secondly, just an unbelievable young teacher and does a hell of a job up there at Hamilton Farm. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit. We had a group gang of nine folks, all different abilities. I thought it was an interesting group uh, because we had like a one or two handicap, you know, and then we had a couple beginners. Um, Jackson, start with you. Tell us what you thought about the group, some of the highlights. It was a good group.
2: I mean, all the members were really fantastic to work with and i think you had a good point you know there were there were three essentially three couples you had a husband and wife uh two husbands and wives and then you had a a father son so it was a good dynamic to see like the husband support the wife the you know she was a beginner and he was there simply just to get her interested having fun enjoying the game And, and he did awesome at kind of making it simple and really didn't like interject a ton which was was great and then rare rare and then the other couple he was a good golfer right he's a one handicap uh lawyer around here and then his wife is new to the game as well but showed a bunch of potential so i think it was really cool to see that and then obviously the father son they they play a lot of golf together and and the son's a little bit um on the newer side as well and uh i thought really honestly those three kind of the newbies they did an awesome job like you had you talked about earlier yesterday stick into a plan right and we were gonna give a prize to the person who stuck to their plan and worked on the things over the two days that we identified early I think all all three of those really did a good job and I think that's because they had a good you know support cast from who they were there with.
0: Mo what'd you think about the group uh, tell us just a couple of your impressions things you thought that we you know that went well or things that kind of struck you uh, that impressed you.
1: Yeah, just to touch on kind of what Jackson was saying when we were out watching them after working with them um, yesterday morning, you know, the ones that I felt like improved faster, I guess you'll say, are the ones that kind of stuck with those, you know, two or three things, um, especially even on the fitness side. Trying to, um, you know, implement that in on the course and those feelings, you know, whether it be, you know, weight shift or trying to rotate back a little bit more, you know, sticking with those two or three things. And um, even if it didn't go well, you know, even if they, you know, miss hit shots, which everybody does, um, you know, they stayed with it and they were all very coachable. I thought,
0: you know, so we had a group of obviously club level golfers, you know, and I think this is. In general, for most of the folks that aren't competitive professional players, uh, we did a lot of pivot work. I know that shocks people. But, again, you know, to me, the things that we dealt with the most this weekend were pivots, getting people to wind up correctly, not tilt and slide. We fixed a bunch of grips. There were a lot of grips the biggest error i saw even of some of the folks that were better players was the grip in the left hand or the lead hand was too much in the palm um and i would say from there you know lack of ability to hinge the club and have the trail arm work the club up the plane correctly i thought those were the three things uh that we focused on the most um and you know obviously you know from my point of view we for the hinge for the grip and the working the club up the plane learning to hinge it correctly and have the right arm fold I think that's a tough thing for people learning to hinge the club and allowing the right arm you know as you do it allowing the left wrist to flatten and square the face and then allowing that right wrist that right elbow to fold and kind of take the club up the plane is tricky Um, I thought we did a lot of that and then you know Mo I'm gonna shift this to you I thought I still think, and obviously you know how much I enjoy when we work together, the ability to teach people to pivot without using a club and hitting a ball but doing stuff with bands I mean, once again, they had tremendous we had like a lot of success with people getting a lot better to, uh, and I'm gonna bring up a couple of them and if you don't mind talking through them, but one of the biggest ones was fixing posture too and the ability to turn back using balance discs.
1: Right. Yeah, and I thought um, for you know a lot of the students that we had, you know, what I saw is when we started working with them, and I gave them you know one or two drills with a band, and then we kind of let them practice on their own. We'd see them you know rehearse those or go back to the band for you know five or six reps, and then hit five or six balls. And I think you know those are the guys that were really starting to feel what they were trying to do in the golf swing. Um, and then you know from a balance standpoint as well, I think you know it really opened their eyes to. You know, they don't have to be in the gym an hour and a half, but just a couple exercises that they can do right there, you know, on the tee or on, you know, at the hotel room in the, you know, gym, um, two or three reps, a couple exercises, and then, um, you know, get the feeling and go back in.
0: Talk a little bit about, and look, it's on our Instagram and, and on our YouTube, but you know that, uh, uh Ken, who was one of the favorites this weekend mm-hmm. guy had more jokes than anybody I've ever known we can't <laughs> tell any I don't think any of them here on here uh they were pretty good but he had the you know what he called the lawnmower drill where he pulled it back and pulled it and pulled it and through back with his trunk pulling it into his right hip then the other way going through and talk a little bit about like one it made a huge difference I mean he hit irons better than he'd ever hit it he was shocked but talk about why that's important to be able to hold the balance because so many folks kind of drift into their toes right you know coming into it like if you lose posture if you tend to lose your spine angle early extend as all the cool kids say those types of things like that's a pretty dang good drill for
1: right and i think you know he's one um nick and i were talking about you know he's got some major physical limitations and so i think coming in he thought maybe he couldn't do those drills and maybe he couldn't get better you know in a sense and you know, I, we were having the discussion today with him, you know, even if you just got, you know, two, three, four, five five percent, you know, better within that drill, within that movement and how much better the outcome was, um, you know, as far as hitting the ball more consistent, compressing the ball. But that drill alone, you know, he had a tendency to get on his toes. And I think he would always think about the finish being off balance, but not really think about, you know, where his weight was as he, you know, went back into The backswing and that obviously is crucial as you know he makes that rotation into the forward swing and so he you know spoke to me and that's what he said you know that that was the biggest takeaway is you know learning that first learning that movement going back first before he could do anything going through the ball.
0: Jackson your thoughts some of the things you saw from people uh, you obviously spent a bunch of time on the short game but you were on the golf course with them as well which for po- people that haven't been to these types of things I mean, we work all morning then we go on the golf course to apply it i think that's critical if you're going to get better at the game learning to apply what you do talk about some of the things you saw some of the things that uh you know maybe surprised you or things that people could take away
2: yeah so going back to the three people i touched on earlier that were maybe newer to the game they uh I think they were trying to make it more difficult than it needed to be. Obviously, educating them on a couple of different shots around the greens that they can use, like a bump and run, a pitch shot, and then the bunker shots, which were kind of the first three things that we worked on. All of them were trying to do the same things just in miniature versions around the greens that they were trying to do in the full swing, right? Like even in a bunker, you know, yeah, your setup may be a little bit different to help you hit the shot, but the motion we're still trying to repeat from the full swing and then just make it smaller around the greens and which obviously i think if you can do it smaller and slower around the green it'll help you repeat it a little bit more when you go to the driving range and on the golf course so i think keeping that consistent from you know the short game to the full swing was really key for those three and then you know we had that good player who when we were doing short game stuff with him it was fun to kind of work with those three and then go over to him and the shots he was hitting around the green were actually very impressive like he had a bunch of shots out of the bunker because it was firm there wasn't a lot of sand and he could kind of like hit these high soft ones out of there with some spin and he was able to control distance and so we talked about how to do that from different elements and um, also with his like shorter shots you know he's kind of one-dimensional and he He used to hit a lot of cuts, so he had a strong face and was kind of hitting a lot of these low runners. And so we we talked about how to control the spin a little bit there with slightly different technique because obviously his motion, his foundation was very good. But you could do some more things with the setup in his hands to hit some higher shots, some cut shots, and control the spin a little bit better around the greens. And then obviously taking it to the golf course. And putting them in some situations is always fun to see them react and how they read the lies and, and how they execute, which um, I think is is key because they were, especially two of the better players, were missing that link uh, where you would read the lie and set up differently. You know, obviously, when you're practicing and you're doing some short game stuff, it's easy to do it on a flat lie and apply what you're working on but then taking it to the golf course most of the time you don't have those good lies all sitting down it's below your feet whatever the case maybe there's a shot in particular you know he was hitting really well on the short game area and then he gets out there and the heel grabs on one cuz the ball was below his feet so the heel grabs and the face shuts and he launched it over the green and he was super perplexed but it was all him reading the lie and then about setting up correctly for that job
0: you know and I, and I think that's something that I know Mo and I were with one group early in the round and I think it was maybe the first hole and you know ball was left of the green the rough was actually very difficult there on the par three golf course uh, which was
2: really nice by the way.
0: unbelievably what nicest par three golf course I've ever seen unreal I mean, it's hard as hell um, but we talked about reading the lie yeah. right and I think that's an area that I don't know that teachers spend a lot of time with it and for sure players of all abilities don't spend much time. And I think that goes to, you know I know I'm just go use example like Erica Shepard who we've sent a practice plan to this week like talked about practicing short game but using random shots wherever they lie, getting them up and down. I think that's an area where recreational players, whether you're getting good enough to play, just play with your buddies to break 80 to break 90 or you're trying to play competitive golf um i've even done this with michael johnson some mj the you know silk uh when we worked at the preserve not long ago like work on reading the lie and what the ball does and i think that's something that players and teachers like i mean it doesn't sound like much but i know mo you do a ton of stuff on the golf course with your juniors i watch a lot of it um social media i mean i think that's a big part like there's more to short game than just the mechanics right and 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 a big part of it is understanding like what the lie is what it's going to do then how you got to adjust your setup and then also just understanding like certain lies limit the shots you can hit right right? like and they and like to me lots of players don't get that like well i really want to hit this high shot right Well, I mean, I can't hit the high shot from a hanging lie or whatever. You know, um, how do you – Mo, what are some of the things you do on the golf course with your folks to help them understand, you know, picking the lie, assessing the lie, and picking the right shot?
1: I think, you know, a lot of like what you said, you know, putting – not just hitting the ball out of fairway, right? You know, putting the ball in different spots, putting the ball where it's uncomfortable, you know, asking, you know, where they don't feel comfortable hitting shots. And we hit a bunch of those shots, you know, kind of getting uncomfortable – Um, And, you know, just asking a lot of questions around the greens, I think it's not that they just don't do it. I think they just don't know. Right. So they're not you know, they don't they just pick a club out of the bag and walk up to it and expect to just be able to hit that shot. And that's what they try to do until, you know, we discuss one, the lie, you know, what club and then. You know, like you said, reading the green. You know, a lot of those shots, you, know, you have to read the green kind of like a putt and know what it's doing.
0: So, Jackson, talk about sh- uh, club selection you saw around. I'm always interested, and in when I watch golfers of different skill level around the green, their club selection, right, and what they pick. How would you rate? What, what did you see as far as club selection, and what did you do to advise them or to change, if anything, with that?
2: It's a mixed bag. Uh, Especially from the guys this week. There was one player who had, I think he had his normal set up to a gap wedge that came with the set. And then he had a 58 and a 60 degree. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, but what are we doing here? You You never know when you're going to get that three-yard gap. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And they were were both 10-degree bounces.
0: Were they Cleveland wedges then?
2: No. No, well, that's his problem. We'd 58 and 60 clean. Right, like maybe if one was a, a large sole with a bunch of bounce and one wasn't. But, uh, so that was interesting. And uh, I think, it was yeah, it was just definitely just a mixed bag. Now, around this golf course, I think the shot selection should have been easier because if you missed a green and you were in a bunker there are big lips so you're probably just trying to hit it high out of the bunker depending on how good you were somewhere on the green and if you're good maybe you're trying to hit a better shot but then if you missed the green not in a bunker it was that long bent grass that I love and that kind of limits a lot of your shots especially if you miss in the wrong spots but a lot of those are kind of like higher softer shots because they're not coming out with spin So I think judging the speed and like the weight of the ball that comes off off of you know each shot is is really important, which I think you can control with length of swing and the tempo or the speed in which you swing. So I would go in that direction, obviously, probably a little bit more higher lofted clubs and controlling the speed of the golf ball that's you know that you're trying to react to based on the we're going
0: to go to, we're going to talk a little about putting because we did a bunch of putting. Uh, and then I'm going to go to Morgan with some other fitness stuff. But let's talk a little bit about what did you see in general from the folks with putting. What were some of the things you were trying to accomplish with them with putting? Uh, I will say this when we're on the golf course, I thought for the most part the people's speed control was very good. The ones I saw, I thought were actually pretty good speed control, which surprised me because a lot of times, I see guy when I go on the golf course with recreational golfers, I see them so worried about line and then uh, you know, then their speed's horrific. What did, what what did you focus on? What were some of the tendencies you saw?
2: Yeah. So I'm an optical putter or nonlinear where I like to work backwards from the hole, right? When you assess the the green reading Initially, I like to see where the ball's going in the hole and kind of work backwards from there on a curved line. That's just how I see it and how I was taught. And when people are linear or they pick an arbitrary spot outside the hole, I think um, it can confuse people. And so I was educating them on the difference between the two. And it's okay to be linear, but if you are, I think, being very specific with that line... And having a a routine that you can consistently do so that your your process is the same every time is huge if if you're linear. Obviously, if you're optical or nonlinear as well. But I think we had a group, somebody was nonlinear, optical like me, and then somebody was linear or trying to be. And those reads were mixing those two players up. Right, so somebody was talking about a spot outside the hole, and the other person didn't see that. I think having clarity between those two processes and understanding where the ball is—obviously, your goal of where it's trying to finish—and then maybe having a start line between those two to match that with your speed was was one of the big takeaways for me with the group.
0: All right, now I ship shift back to the star of the show, Mo. <laughs> right. Um, so Mo, one of the I, I said this to folks, uh, kind of in the wrap up or said to a few folks, I always feel like if we could teach every day, all day together, I always say, if I could teach every day, all day with you or Colby or Aaron right there, and we figured out how to price it and structure it, people would get amazingly better, faster. But, like, to me, the one of the biggest things I see when it comes to folks that aren't tour players, even though tour players struggle with it, is lack of stability, especially in their lower body. Like, that really limits their ability to turn. Right. Like, it just seems like how they don't have a very good concept of what it's like to turn and they don't do a very good job with being stable below why do you think so many amateur you know recreational golfers struggle with that and let's talk about some of the things we do to help that
1: Right. So I think, you know, obviously two reasons, you know, whether it's physical limitations or just not used to those movements, um, you know, on a day-to-day basis, everything is straightforward, linear movement, you know, nothing's really rotating you, moving in a lateral direction. And I think that, you know, asking them to move in a different direction with the golf club is harder. So, you know, how we help them, taking them away from the golf club and going through certain movements, you know, the first two or three, you know, even four or five times, sometimes they're about to fall over. Even one of the guys today, you know, he, he said did. It's he am-
0: struggled. Yeah,
1: right. He said, it's amazing that the first few times I did this yesterday, you know, I fell over. Now I'm able to get to you know, 10 reps, 11 reps, and I'm able to stay, you know, on my right foot, you know, what we had him doing, some single leg rotations um, with a band. And so, you know, that's one of those things where I don't think he was necessarily, you know, physically limited. I think he had to learn the movement and the movement pattern and then go back in to being able to put the golf club, you know, with his body.
0: It does seem like to me it's, uh, I mean, the stability to me seems like a lot of people just don't know how to do it. Right. And even the ones that maybe, like, physically are a little bit challenged with it, to me, stability through some of the exercise you give them, especially, like, one-legged stuff, they're able to learn it or they're able to, like, physically learn to do it or correct it quicker than other things. Like, to me, especially, like, you know, as opposed to, like, folks that are really limited in mobility versus stability.
2: Yeah, if you can create stability then you can add mobility right. and range of motion and that always comes first right
0: yeah. and don't you think that's one mo like that's one of the things like f- we see folks all the time whether it's downtown out you know we're teaching or whatever or these things they're trying to turn but they're trying to turn with no stability below you know and they're like a noodle flopping right. all over and the and that's
1: why when you add any kind of speed it, it's just not going to not going to happen you know that happen consistently. right right or you know it, weight goes to the toes or you know whatever it may be you see a lot of different
0: we had we had one student i won't say his name but he was he was the one that struggled a little bit was a little bit down a little bit negative and didn't have very good contact right and i thought we did a really good job this morning with him of going slow and getting his lower body to be stable And when he did that, he hit a bunch of really good shots. Now, then when we did the dew sweeper drive-by on the golf course this afternoon with our Tito's, we were – and, you know, he was hitting them all thin and fat again, right? And, again, if when you watched him make the swing, like, he was back to not much stability – swinging his arms at it instead of using his body and then and last I mean I think that goes with the whole learning process though like these people weren't used to hitting balls for two straight days playing golf and when you get fatigued I think it's even harder to do that but kind of goes back to what you're saying like to learn the stuff some of the stuff you've got to learn to do it at smaller s- smaller sizes and slower speeds don't you think Jackson
2: yeah absolutely and give them the line about can't get better with that attitude well, yeah, I mean, look, and, and I got
0: players that I got to have this conversation with too, like you, you're never going to get better if you evaluate how you're doing on every shot, right? If every shot is a direct correlation to what you think, whether you think you're getting better or not, you're, you're, you're never going to get anywhere. You got to look at things, whether you're a teacher or you're a player, or you're a student, big picture. Do I understand more about what I need to do when than when I got here? Do I understand more about? how to do it than I did. Um, do I know, you know, when I do it, are the good ones a lot better? And with some understanding that, hey, you know, if you're a if you're a hundred shooter, you're still going to hit shots that suck. I mean, there's a reason you shoot a hundred, right? A there's a common denominator. And so you've got to, you, you know, and all of that doesn't just change because you learn the motion one time, right? It's a matter, I mean, I know Nick actually brought up about I thought it was a really cool point. He came down and did some work with us in January down at Old Palm and was talking about how – so, I mean, that was like, what, eight months ago? And he was talking about how – and he works at his game really hard, one of the best club play pro players, uh, you know, in the country. And he's saying, like, he's just getting to where he feels like he does it almost all the time when he's playing. And he works at it. He's a gifted player. Like, I mean, if, if you're an office job guy and you shoot 90, I mean, it's probably going to take you a little time.
2: I think if you are that recreational player that struggles and has a bunch of miss hits, fat, thin, toe, heel, I would understand the big picture and know that if you hit one fat and then you hit one thin, toe or heel, whatever it is, it's not four different swing things that causes those different misses. It's all the same thing. Right. Right? And that's where having that patience and sticking with the plan and maybe understanding, okay, I need to do... These one or two things better will help you. Hopefully, get one percent better every day, and like you said, knock off twenty percent of your handicap in a year. Right? Not in a week. Right? You got to be realistic with your
0: expectations of it. So we wrap this up. Uh, a few minutes left. Mo, parting shot. What would you think? What was your favorite part of the week? Anything you want to say to all the millions of Morgan Hill Performance fans out there?
1: Well, I think. I think probably the favorite part was just watching some of the ones that hadn't been playing very long and how much better they got within just two days and you know if you looked at their notes i don't think it would be a hundred you know i don't think there would be a hundred things on there i think it would be you know pretty simple and you know a couple exercises to help get them there and they were out there trying it on the golf course and they, they were able to see some you know some difference there what about you
2: jackson my confessions you know I always love doing these group things. I think it's good on both ends of the spectrum where it's really good to be with a couple of guys for two days where you're developing relationships and you can stick with them and work with them for a little while. It's way better than seeing somebody for an hour leaving, and you don't see them for two or three months. And having that consistency, obviously, if you're doing regular lessons is very good, but this group setting is awesome. And then I also think it's great on the coaches' end as well. It's, I mean, it, it's obviously like a family, and you know I love working with you guys. And I think that's one of my favorite things about going to do these things. Hanging out with you, hanging out with Morgan, even though we give her a hard time.
0: And <laughs> we, still, We're going to talk a little bit here before we get up. Morgan was soft in the early days of her do-sweep. I
1: really wouldn't <laughs> call it soft. <laughs> we're taking shots now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no,
2: I mean, See, I always get picked but, on you do get picked on but I think that's Soft move. but it's it's awesome for me I love it like I was around hack for two days right and I, I get to see hack a bunch at old palm but it's I'm not in a group with him like that watching him coach and like doing my own thing but I love working with somebody kind of stepping back watching them hit shots but also listening to hack over there and the nuggets that I get to pick up All right, so
0: share us a couple hack nuggets because I think hack is one of the more underrated great teachers out there yeah. I think you know he I mean, the way he teaches, I love sitting back watching him teach. Uh, Might have just missed missed our exit. I don't know. I think we're all right. Uh, But I love sitting back. Give us a couple Hack nugs.
2: So I think the best thing about Hack, obviously his information is very good, but he's great at figuring out what button to press with each person. And he's really good at giving that delivery, like seeing him – kind of rib a couple players that needed to maybe you know they're a little Morgan they're a little soft that he had to be harder on and then you know with some better players he was a little bit more creative talking about different shots and how to he was really good on on developing their approach before the shot rather than that technique which we had you know talked a little bit about but I think those were two things that I I really learned from Hack is obviously his delivery is good but how it was different based on the player.
0: Those are all great. I, 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 one thing I was the quality of notes that people took impressed me. Um, very much impressed with the one lady Jackie who's new had handwritten notes and had a had a little bag where she had handwritten her notes from her lessons with Nick. Was very impressed with that and how how to the point they were yep. based on her feels. Um, I thought Ken, the older gentleman, uh, who had obviously had some physical stuff. I thought was unbelievable how, like, good he was at getting a feel for something and then actually applying it right then. Um, I thought those, uh, you know, those were standouts. Um, I thought – and for having some folks where they were newer golfers, really impressed with how patient they were and how willing they were to learn. Not always are people, when they're learning uh, and at the beginner stages, that patient, right? And so I thought, I thought it was good. And I thought, uh, obviously, uh, Nick had Rob in there, uh, fitness uh, expert that works with him up there. It was very cool to meet him. He's very, uh, very good at what he does. I thought the whole thing was really good. I mean, I th- I, again, I thought it was a cool mix of people. And, uh, again, like, I, I just always like getting everybody's feedback. And I, thought it, I think it's always good to teach a variety of golfers. So, Mo, anything else to add?
1: No, i think it was great
0: all right we had a great weekend everybody thanks for listening to rental car confessions as jackson about runs us off the interstate here in new jersey Uh, we'll be back next week with another tour coach i hope you enjoyed this edition of the tour coach and this conversation that we brought to you about playing learning and teaching the game of golf we'll be back next week with another edition of the tour coach in between now and next week make sure you follow us on our social channels you can always find me at the Deuce Sweeper on Instagram or go to our YouTube page where you'll see a scene and a video from my teachings daily on our YouTube channel. You can find that by looking up Tony Ruggiero and the Deuce sweepers on YouTube. Until then, make sure you follow and check out Everything Tour Coach and all our sponsors, Shrickshon Cleveland Golf, Bushnell, Vineyard Vines, and Buick GMC. I'll be back next week to help all of us appreciate, learn, and enjoy the game of golf.